everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this episode we watched... Nope. Yes. For this episode of the podcast, we watched episodes 9 through 12? No. Oh no, did you? No, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Shoot. <laughs> Five through eight. Five through eight. That's how math works. Nine through twelve is the next one, right? Then I won't have to do math yeah. next week when we start our podcast. I won't have you to go through nine this again. Through twelve every week, <laughs> and then you're set at least one of the weeks. I'll be right at least once. Uh, we watched episodes five through eight of Good Casting. Yeah. This show is buck wild. Nobody died that I can remember. No. Amazing. Because we did, in our predictions corner, we did predict at least one. There were two people who we thought could die, and we thought about 50% of those people would die. So, we were wrong. We were He wasn't even shot. He was grazed. He was grazed in a crippling way. It did in a point blank shot. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> just grazed. It's just a flesh wound. We're gonna bring He's the Monty gone. Python jokes. It's just a flesh wound. I'm fine. He's missing an arm. <laughs> Except he's not. He's completely fine. So they cannot keep this wonderful, beautiful female assassin in jail for any length of time because she did not actually kill him i guess shooting a cop is fine as long as you don't kill them if you just graze them can't be arrested for that yeah interesting philosophy i mean i do think that that's very specifically because the like head of the their boss's boss is one of the masterminds behind all illegal activities in the show <laughs> you know you could be onto <laughs> something there so you can you can shoot a cop in Korea, and if you don't kill them, you can get away with it on the... What's the word I'm looking for? It's not contingency. Is it contingency? No. It may be contingency. Yeah. On the grounds? On the grounds that your boss is also a bad person. So, Or, well, your boss is also the boss of other cops. Did I get it right? Did I speak English just then? Am I, I there? I think... I followed. Cool, 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 cool. I will not speak for others, mm -hmm. but I think you did great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so she got off. And we got we got the reveal that, like, for sure, this boss man, uh, Mr. So, is very bad. He has a phone that is maybe also Michael's phone that is he's maybe also Michael. So, like, my theory, fan theory is that Michael doesn't exist and he's a bunch of people. Ooh, I like that fan theory because I was still trying to puzzle out who Michael is. I like the idea that Michael doesn't exist because I think that makes it more interesting than him. Because he obviously, who they believe to, like, what they believe Michael to be, I guess, cannot be so, so because he was the one who stopped her from shooting, like, who or what or whatever they think Michael is, the person yeah. that represented Michael to them up to this point, that we're all just supposed to, like, buy that that's Michael. But, like, 
who's to say? Because it feels like there's a solid chance that wasn't Michael as well. And it could be the boss who is Michael. And then this other guy was just, yeah, one of the many people working for and causing problems under the name of Michael. Yeah. So we got the big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a D&D term, I think. The BBEG. <laughs> who is... Uh, CEO Yoon's ex-wife. Yes. She seems to be in charge of a lot of things, pulling a lot of strings, causing a lot of havoc. I think she's top of the pyramid that we have built so far. Yeah, so she's And probably she... Yeah, she and everyone else underneath her are Michael. That is my fan theory. That's what I'm going off of. Spoiler alert, if you have not seen Pretty Little Liars... I'm pretty sure that's how that show ended, too. Whoa. I have not seen the show. I haven't So I guess <laughs> it might not be a spoiler alert. <laughs> but the premise is these girls are getting text messages from someone named A. And I think they find out after, like, nine seasons that A is, like, a bunch of people. A is multitudes. A multitude mm-hmm. of people. And that's how they know so much. Michael is a, A is many, many people. <laughs> so I cracked the code. No, I have no idea if the, any of this is true, but it's interesting, My- right? Michael is A. A is Charlie from Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Charlie is Sauron. I don't know. We were just talking about the Lord of the Rings. I don't know why I <laughs> took it there. I don't think there's any mystery around who exactly Sauron is, so that wasn't a good fit. I was trying uh, to think of, like... Bad... I'm trying to think of one from the Avengers, because they keep going with Avengers references. Oh, yeah, because what if um, Sauron is... Uh, shoot. Hydra. Thanos? Hail Hydra. Hydra. We're there. Oh, Hydra. Yeah, because Hydra's maybe one person, but also definitely an organization. Mm-hmm. That's a good one to end on. We'll end it there. <laughs> I guess they really don't have that many Avengers references. They just have one where they say <laughs> we're like the Avengers. And then they have one of the bad guys. His name is Chief Ock. And they only call him Chief Ock. But he's the head of this high-tech division. He's probably got a doctorate, right? Mm-hmm. So I see Doc Ock. <gasps> That's all I call him in my notes. <laughs> he is Heike, a Spider-Man reference. Yes. He is Doc Ock. Spider-Man hide it right under our noses. swings in. My son Spider-Man swings in, played by Tom Holland. He is now part of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think Misun already has the Spider-Man thing worked out, because the way she gets in and out of that vent, she how? is Spider-Man. <laughs> She is Spider-Man. Like, she crawls around in the vent as if it's the hardest thing imaginable for a human to do is to crawl on all fours. She is so loud. She, like, grunts the whole way. And it made me so viscerally uncomfortable. Just, like... (laughs) Vents carry noise. (laughs) These are not sound-reducing. These are echoey chambers. Why are you being any amount of not silent please like you should be scooting yourself along on your stomach in order to 
prevent the sound of your knee falls and your hand falls. But she's the opposite. She yeah. is so loud to get into his <laughs> office. And then she just drops in and pops out like it's nothing. Yeah. Like, they are literally steps from his office and she somehow is able to replace the vent. That is something that they have abused a lot. That, like, we <laughs> all know, like, in spy movies, it's the thing. I guess... That thing where they round the corner and you think they're about to get caught, but magically in the three seconds between watching their panicked face realize that someone's coming around the corner and the person actually rounding the corner, they have magicked themselves out of the room. Like, it happens in all spy films. It's happened three times per episode. (laughs) (laughs) Every episode of this drama. Yeah, where they're building suspense and it says it's three seconds or 30 seconds or however many seconds but obviously everything they're doing takes much more time than that but like it's a suspense building thing i guess that bomb like taking that bomb off of him and it was like you've got 30 seconds left and did they have 30 though did they have five i don't remember (laughs) yeah but it seems like they had very little time because at one point they had 30 the man finishes escaping the room she goes after Mustachio? him. Yeah, she holds Mustachio. Okay. She holds him still for a while. He slams her arm in the door. I'm supposing concurrently they are panicking on what to do, looking at each other panicked, not knowing what to do. Finally take the vest off. Carry the vest slowly because they are afraid of detonating it with their quick movements across the room. In that time, her arm has been slammed in the door. She's sitting on the ground. He's walking away from the situation calmly, even though a bomb's about to go off. They are able to haul the door open, haul it back closed. All I'm saying is I I don't know... I. I guess we can assume a lot of things are happening at the same time. It felt like much more than 30 seconds could possibly be. <laughs> it felt like... Yeah. <laughs> they abuse time in this show a lot. And yeah. I'm kind of fine with it. Yeah. But also, you just have to really just live with the ridiculousness of yeah. this show. At every turn. At every turn. And I do want to say, out the gate, we're being a little bit hard on this. I was going to start this episode of the podcast by saying I think that this K-drama is kind of underrated because I think it's endlessly entertaining and, like, just... It's so much fun if you can suspend your disbelief and just be like, it's supposed to be silly, so I'm not going to, like, get upset about this obvious, gigantic, gaping plot hole um mm-hmm. because we're here to just have a good time and enjoy the absurdity of their spy antics and the very good soundtrack and the dope as hell transitions and the kind of cool if completely insane special effects like a motorcycle on its side her riding it as it skids across <laughs> the road taking aim and <laughs> shooting a shot into the tire of the car you know If you can get past that, you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to have a good time if you don't think too hard about how any of this is possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for that. I'm here for all of the jokes of this show. Except, okay, can we move on? You are on my last nerve, my boy. You are on my last nerve. Yeah. I keep thinking they're going to get them together. They had that 
beautiful scene in the airport where she has to protect him with her coat. That's like a very classic K-drama trope. I straight up laughed my dumb head off when it started playing I Will Always Love You as if we were watching the movie The Bodyguard. I broke because that is some (laughs) peak K-drama comedy that I never expected them to insert. I did not expect them to be like, hey, not so deep cut, but a cut nonetheless that you were never expecting. Here we go. What if the bodyguard? What if we're the bodyguard now? See, I didn't get that reference, yeah. but Whitney I loved Houston, the moment. Bruce Willis, so I think. 1990. I'm going to say it was 1990. I do not know. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to look it up. You continue your thought. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Magical. That I loved the gender reversal of that classic trope of, like, the man protecting the woman. And he slowly falls in love with her. Like, very clearly in that moment, he's a little bit in love with her. And I think it's even more clear when his uh, agent comes by, the director or CEO of his company comes by. Sorry, did you get the date? Yeah, it's 1992. I was two years off. (laughs) I wasn't born yet, Uh, so. Yeah, I wasn't born yet either. That's why I haven't seen it. (laughs) You can see it when uh, Homeboy comes by and he's like, haha, look how stupid she looks. And Kumumon's like, get out of my house. And then you can see it a little bit when he invites her over to make food for him, where he's clearly struggling to find an excuse to just be around her more and struggling is a very nice word for what happened with that poor man like this is peak not romance my sir you are doing so bad but you can see you can see there's like he's starting to like her but oh my god the way he talks to her the way he treats her I I'm almost done with it. I'm almost off the ship. I'm about to burn it down, Kim Woo Won. <laughs> I can't support you yeah. for very much longer. I'm ready to also burn the ship down, especially because, yes, the way he talks to her sucks and is problematic, but I think where it gets me most is he's pretty much asking her to be his mom, and there is something so deeply uncomfortable about a romance where the female character has to be a mom to the male character. That is just too much. I cannot, like you said, that's not romance. That's uncomfortable. That's someone who needs to get their shit together and figure out what adulthood feels like. I mean, honestly, it's not, I'm, I can't even claim to be a very good adult, but at least I do not demand that people teach me how to work a rice cooker. Yeah, it's... Because mm-hmm. I love a good contract relationship, and they have one, but it's not the kind I want. It's no. the kind where she is somehow obligated to be his manager, and that's so problematic for the beginning of a romance. Yeah, don't want to... You don't love to see it. You don't love to see it, but I'm... Oh, the darkest part of me, <laughs> the part that I don't want to admit I have, still wants it to happen. I want him to change. If we're going to go at it in any direction, if we're going to approach this romance from any direction, 
I mean, the dark part of me wants it to be where he feels like absolute garbage for the way he has treated her, talked to her, and distracted her on a level that is so... Just, like, that level of guilt that's personality changing. Because I want her to show up one day, literally with her kid that he's been, like, pulling her away from. And have him be like, oh, shit, I've been monopolizing this amazing single mom. And she's got a baby. An actual baby. That needs her. I mean... Not anymore, if that helps. Oh my god, right? Uh, (laughs) A babysitter? Like, no, I can't blame the babysitter. It is normal to take a phone call. I'm just so frustrated at this drama. Do not kidnap that baby. That baby? If you harm one single tiny little pigtail on that child's head, I will stop watching this drama. I also... if I'm being honest, I don't even know if I can handle watching the pain that Im Yeun will go through when she finds out her baby has been kidnapped. I don't know if you have to. She's also been also kidnapped. Also kidnapped. Both of them. Also kidnapped. It runs in the, the family. Best people. <laughs> oh, it does. Why does it run in this family? The best family. The only family that we like. I'm sorry. This is unfair. But if you're gonna kidnap anybody, can you please take me soon's husband? He's killing me. <laughs> can we please have a come to Jesus moment where he's like, My wife is great and I love her and she just rescued me. And also it would resolve all these lies that I guess if you're in the NIS you can't tell your spouse that you are. Yeah, which is tricky because there was a a couple that I guess they were both in the NIS because she knew he was a spy, but she was also Mm. a support spy. But, um, yeah, I guess he doesn't know, which is fine. It adds a level of interest that, like, she has to hide what she actually does from him. But boy, howdy, it's hard to... I mean, you just kind of want her to kick his ass a little bit. No, no, you don't. That's bad. Never... That's abuse. Never physically... I would literally never f- advocate for anyone to physically harm their spouse or harm their spouse in any way. Have adult conversations. Don't verbally harm them. Don't emotionally harm them. But also... Don't kidnap her spouse. I'm sorry I asked <laughs> the drama to do that. I mean, also don't kidnap the best family we love so much um also like he's hard to watch you know he's very hard to watch i there's hinting at a change they're hinting at him finding out that she's been lying a lot and i'm excited for that like you said that leads to conversations adult communication is everything that we're here for and they are inching so slowly towards that with this couple i just need it to happen 5% faster because she also has lies between her and her daughter and like what's that about and do I care because apparently she's a fangirl of Kim Woo-won who I am not a fangirl of Mm -mm. I don't know it looked like it was multiple people maybe it was all Kim Woo-won what if her daughter is a spy (gasps) how convenient her daughter didn't come and beat up that one day She's been smoking, and we all know that's how teen spies work. (laughs) 
Smoking and drinking. Those darn teen spies just need to let off after a long day of <laughs> kicking butt. I'd be into that storyline. I think it's much better than the... No, it's not better. It's just more fun to watch than the closer to reality. Like, maybe your kid's being beat up at school and she's drinking and smoking to look cool and get beat up less. Yeah. Do you think there will be a montage where she teaches her daughter how to fight and then her daughter <laughs> just, like, takes out the school, just, like, fights back? She's like, oh, by the I way... I know, that seems so problematic. <laughs> it is. It's really bad. Um, I don't know why this episode of Play on K is Emily and Raquel present the most problematic situations that they can think of <laughs> as viable <laughs> solutions to problems, but... <laughs> But here we are. We are, I suppose, in a very violent mindset. <laughs> so if you could... I mean, I feel like it's this show, though. It might be rubbing off on us <laughs> it's that in violence is almost always the answer. Yeah, it's how you get anything done in this world. We're pretty much becoming Chanmi, so... Yeah. <laughs> I love her. She's such a problem. Yeah. Do not just beat up anybody who looks at you. <laughs> You cannot. That poor guy. That poor photographer. Like, I know he worked for the big bad evil guy. The photographer will be fine. I was thinking about the guy that was not involved with the criminal (laughs) organization at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That she convinced that... She convinced her not-boyfriend that he was really beaten up on her. Which, well... See, I was the opposite, because I feel like he got off easy compared to the photographer. Like, she came close to killing the photographer, (laughs) whereas Homeboy, angry driver, only got a couple punches in before the tables were turned, and she was like, I didn't beat you up. You beat me up. Shut your mouth. I did not beat you up. Which, you got off easy, bud. Take what you can get with Chanmi. Yeah, you got she got a couple punches in on you. We've seen her um freaking kick a car in her anger, <laughs> so a moving car from a motorcycle. So you know <laughs> she's crazy. You're fine, you're gonna be fine. She was also maybe kidnapped. I think she I mean, I don't think she's been killed because we're very early in the drama for that. That's more of like mm-hmm. penultimate episode or final episode material but um i think we're supposed to believe that yeah she was she's about to be kidnapped or maybe it's a kind of poison that maybe she'll be fine or something i don't know but she did fight a man in the rain and i do not want to be this cliche i really don't like i don't want to bring this cliche to the table but i will uh i did think about rihanna's umbrella pretty much the entire fight I love that. I was like, this would be a really cool montage to put to Umbrella, which it is hard (laughs) to talk about that song and not call it Umbrella. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Now I have to rewatch it with that playing in the background. Mm -hmm. Mute the video. Play Rihanna. Play Rihanna. A, A, A. Do you think that she's going to pull a Princess Bride, the man from Sicily, and say... No, because it was it was the the pirate, the dreaded pirate who built an immunity to the poison. 
Did the man from Sicily also build an immunity to the poison? It's yeah. been a minute since yeah, I've Wesley, seen the movie. So Wesley has the immunity. And... Well, okay, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Wesley is the dreaded pirate, just so everybody knows. Princess Bride spoilers. Okay, okay. But what I will say <laughs> for anyone that's upset that the Princess Bride just got spoiled for them, that movie's been out for, like, 40 years. <laughs> so, um, don't at me. If you haven't taken the time to watch it before listening to this podcast, um, you had a long time. I don't know how long you've been alive, but you've had at least that amount of time. Because I don't think okay. anyone older than, well, that, you know, I, I couldn't say. I don't, I don't think don't... anybody would have gotten our reference unless they'd seen the movie anyways. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyway... I digress. Uh, so yeah, he builds up the immunity. Uh, man, lots of Princess Bride spoilers. Like, this whole shit is about to be blown out of the water. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Get ready. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, he has the immunity. What's-his-face doesn't have any immunity. I don't know if he says he does or not, but that's because both of the glasses are poisoned. Okay. But Wesley has been working on it. He's been waiting for this time. Dope. I'm glad I made that reference. Yeah. I'm glad that I overexplained it. <laughs> we each have half of a piece of a puzzle. <laughs> That's why together this... we have one piece of a massive puzzle. <laughs> uh, big dumb dummies over here. That's why this so... podcast works so well. <laughs> In conclusion, Big Chun-Mi is going to wake up at the beginning of the next episode and be like, poison doesn't work on me, bitch. <laughs> yes. And I'm excited for that. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so good. It's classic Chun-Mi. Yeah. She cannot be had. She no. is good at everything. Apparently, she's even good at sewing. And I hate that about her. <laughs> Can Just, she not have one thing to be bad at? It's not even sewing. It's straight up embroidery. And she is very quick yeah, I guess at she's it. Maybe bad at sewing. Yeah, maybe she doesn't know how to sew. She only knows how to embroider, so it's the only way she can mend clothing. <laughs> but we're still gonna pretend that she is not the same person from the flashbacks. Just so you guys know. Just so we're all on the I... same page. I'm starting to get annoyed at the flashbacks. So uncontrollably fond. Sorry to throw it back. <laughs> they had a really interesting thing where similarly the characters knew each other the two love interests knew each other before the drama started so they represented their relationship in flashbacks within the first four episodes but it was contained to the first four episodes it has been eight episodes and we are continually doing so many flashbacks to this elaborate life that they lived together for a long time for years yeah at least multiple months which is i think that in my adulthood there's no one that i have interacted with for multiple months that i would go i guess i'm not 43 years old or however old she's supposed to be but i cannot imagine looking back at a person i interacted with for many months, and then did not know who they were. 
And what if they changed one letter in their name? Would you be like, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe not, though. They say their age is different. And I believe that, so it couldn't possibly be the same person. I don't. I'm getting mad at it. I'm getting annoyed at every flashback. Because they're so cute and precious. Yeah. And I want to believe in their love story. But I can't handle it if you're going to be like, but modern day, in the current timeline... They're pretending not to know each other. That's insane to me. That's so stupid. It is. It's frustrating because they're already asking us to suspend so much disbelief. Just like they're asking. I feel like I made this exact same joke in our last episode, but they are asking for so much for us to very much just be like, yeah, okay, physics isn't a thing. Time isn't a thing. And she could totally pass as a new person with the same name with one different letter and the same face that she had when she was 23. Yeah. We're fine with that. Mm-hmm. I accepted. And all the spy stuff that we mentioned earlier. Suspend <laughs> your disbelief about any and all spy things. <laughs> I will. I will do that for the yeah. fun of the show. Yeah. Man. They just ask. They ask a lot. This is we're watching pretty much straight-up fantasy at this point. <laughs> Fully sci-fi, just completely... It's not the world we know, but it is a world, and it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. I actually almost cried. Like, it's a very subtle joke, but I almost cried laughing so hard at when they were torturing Peechul Wong, I think Peechul Wong, the manager... They Mm -hmm. captured him. They brought him back to Korea. They had him in this spooky house, and they were about to torture him with, quote-unquote, nitrous oxide. And they were like, this is negative 190 degrees. If this gas touches you, you will die. And he just starts (laughs) (laughs) trying to blow the gas away. (laughs) This precious man thinks... That that's gonna oh I love it yeah. I love the subtlety the stupid jokes that they make <laughs> the freaking like you said the soundtrack with both I will always love you and I'll be watching you mm-hmm. oh my gosh that that reference and they do totally tie it back to him accidentally having to buy an album after trying to follow her to a bookstore. They did so good. We didn't need that. No. Look at that. (laughs) It's their album. There's a reason. It's very good. This, so this show is so stupid, it's clever. It's not Mm -hmm. stupid in an actual, like, clearly the writers aren't dumb people, the actors aren't dumb people. It's like stupid humor done in the most clever way, and I love it. It's so good. Because you get moments of me soon with her face in the vent, scaring Doc Ock. And it's so silly. It's the absolute silliest comedy where he's like, there's a ghost. And then someone else looks and there's no ghost. And then he looks and there's a ghost. And you're like, why am I laughing so hard? Just over and over again. It's It was super good. It happened so many times that I did start to become uncomfortable, though. I was like, okay, okay. I loved it every single time. (laughs) Maybe it's because I've started to hate Doc Ock, and I think that I am shamefully, though 
I think a lot of people are like this. I was shamefully very attracted to Doc Ock, and I wanted him to be a good guy. I kind of, he, yes. There was a certain attraction that he just held before he started to, first of all, be pretty evil, and second of all, kind of fall apart, where I did have high hopes for him. But, um, you know, they made him a mess, so that helps. That helps me walk away, because not only has he been pretty bad... But he also is, like, falling apart about it. And not in, like, a I want to be doing the right thing kind of falling apart, but just, like, a, <laughs> I don't know how to be good at this shit. I'm very stressed out. Yeah. I think in the first episodes, it was a bit unclear what his drive was, where he was in this hierarchy of bad guys, and you kind of assumed he was pressured into being a bad guy. Whereas in these four episodes, it was made so much more clear that he wants to be a bad guy. He wants to climb this social ladder of evil. He digs. Yeah. He digs. He's in it. And I can support a true villain. Yeah. But, you know, I like that I can be against him and root for his failure. That's why I like real villains, because when the bad guys or when the good guys start to win against them... I can cheer. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give me a villain that I kind of hope will actually turn out okay, because then if they don't, I'm only disappointed. Yeah. I started writing a list of all the villains, and it is such a long list. There's a lot of them. They're doing a great job, because usually there's, like, one villain that we have to worry about, and then maybe, like, two sub-villains. There's pretty much equal amounts of heroes and villains in this show. And a couple of people yeah. that you're not sure which they are. So. Yeah. Um, can we move on? You are on the other list, which <laughs> is not good guys, not villains. I don't know which way you're going to swing. Just like a pest. <laughs> Same with the CEO. I yeah. don't know if you're good or bad. You're just there as well. But this show did a really interesting thing where usually when shows have a bunch of villains... I get slightly annoyed and overwhelmed, and I'm following. I'm into this. Yeah. I'm okay with all these villains. There's so many, but yeah, totally. I think it's because they're doing such a good job of building an organization where they introduce, I guess, like a hierarchy of villains as well, in that like there's some of these villains that I'm not particularly worried about. There's others that I'm very worried about. There's some that come and go. Like, there's Wong Kai now, and I don't know if he's going to be more in the show. He's the one with the chip for now, so I assume he's going to stick around a little bit. Yeah. But he might just disappear out of the show, and I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with them introducing villains that just come in, do something a little bit bad, and then drift away into nothing. And I'm usually not. Yeah, it does really help as well, though, that they are all mostly part of the same organization. What gets me is villains with, like, there's, like, six different agendas, and you're just, like, really stressed about all of them, and not all of them are related, but they could be, and they'll be so much more powerful if they become related. It's like, no, they're all pretty much... Michael. Yeah, it's Michael. They're all Michael. That's the real villain <laughs> here. That's fair. That must be a big part of why I like it. Is that they seem to all be cohesive 
and all working against the good guys in a way that I can follow. You know what I just remembered that was a, a curveball? <laughs> Something that I'm, I could not follow, but I'm so excited about. Tell me everything. Secretary Bion just joined Whoa. the heroes list. I, okay, so listen. I did not think about him for the first four... I, I didn't think about him for the first six episodes. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like a dark horse, he walks in being one badass motherfucker. And I am into <laughs> it. What happened? I think I caught feelings for Secretary <laughs> So... I think I noticed him because he cute, and also he was a very good comedic side character to the relationship between the CEO and Chan Mi, where mm-hmm. he was like, you guys flirting? And they were like, no, we're not. And he's like, y'all are being weird. <laughs> and it was very funny. Just him always being there, giving them the side eye was delightful, and I loved him for it. I was fully convinced that I loved him just enough that if they sent him to, where did he go, Taipei? Yeah. That he would die, 100%. Oh, yeah. I thought I he was going to die. Because I liked him. Yeah. Just in time for him to die. But. What is this twist? No, what no. is this twist you've got? This man has skills. He has skills we did not see coming, and he, we're glad he had them. <laughs> I'm just so delighted. Like, I'm confused. There's not much we could say about it because we don't really know what happened. Yeah. What if he's Michael? <laughs> hey, Raquel. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I can't handle if Secretary Bion is Michael. I really like him. Yeah, I want him to be a good guy. And if they take this away from us, I'm going to be so disappointed. Put his name on the heroes list. Please. We need him. He's the hero we need. He's the hero we need. Don't make me scratch out his name and put it on the bad guys list. The <laughs> list is already so long for the bad guys. Give us more heroes. Also, friendship. Friendship. He's got a good friend in the CEO, even if the CEO doesn't know it. But okay. I'm sort of fully convinced that Michael is the ex-wife because this show is so female oriented yes like it would fit so well for the themes of this show if all of the main heroes were females and then the main villain was also female i love this show i am here for a female lead cast pander to me come on oh i didn't this is everything i i'm actually welcome to this raquel's crisis where she's becoming increasingly obsessed in a very active way with this show like there was just a moment where like my obsession leveled up we went from like level two to level (laughs) four we leveled up twice i i love me some strong female leads i love me a strong female villain give me a female cast let them kick ass let there be not a single fight scene without a woman kicking ass in it (laughs) there isn't there always is there isn't because we could have had a fight scene with secretary Bion fighting the assassin Mm -hmm. and maybe we would have seen the assassin's face maybe that's why they didn't do it but now that you say that i'm not convinced that they didn't skip the scene because 
it didn't have any females. It was two men. And they were like, we have no time to show that kind of fight. We want to see women kicking ass. If you want to see two men fight, go watch literally any other show. Yeah, it happens all the time. This one is women kicking men's ass mostly, actually. Men's asses. Damn. Okay, well, welcome to Play on K, the podcast about feminism in K-dramas. Raquel is <laughs> doing a hostile takeover so that this is all we ever talk about forever. And we maybe only have one show that we can talk about forever. We're going to work on that. I do think there's more female empowerment shows lately. Oh, yeah. There's like, well, there's one that we've both watched the entirety of, but haven't done for the podcast. I don't know if we ever will necessarily. Um, I was thinking about writing a blog post about it, but Strong Woman Dobong Soon is very mm. like female empowerment, but it's got its other issues that I struggled with. So, yeah, I think a lot of shows had that. Like, even on my Venus. We went into it being like, we're going to hate this show. I don't even know why we started it because the premise was so terrible. Yeah. But you start watching it and the main fe the female lead is so perfectly written to be like, I'm not ashamed at all of who I am at any weight, at any time. I am perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love her. Uh, I want to watch On My Venus again. <laughs> but I do think it's been the last couple of years we've gotten so many more shows that are a great big band of females yeah. that are taking the leads every single lead role goes to a female yeah and love that i because this is my first life as a good feminist k-drama as well in that it's more um i guess like day-to-day -day type feminism but it talks about a lot of female issues and then like sexual harassment in the workplace being paid less as a woman than a man stuff like that anyway i won't go too far into it but yeah there's a lot we just don't talk about it enough on our podcast let's start uh doing like a feminist portion and it's half of the episode and raquel <laughs> just waxes poetic about how much she loves uh just like feminine uh feminist uh what's the word i'm looking for not theories. Not I don't know. Agendas? Agendas, yeah. Representation? Yeah, that too. Themes. Themes. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'll support you in that. Yeah. I'll take the first half, you take the second half. We'll switch off. And then we just, it's always oh. about feminist themes. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> you came here for other things. <laughs> yeah, can my half be about K-dramas? I'm much better at talking about those. Yeah. I'll talk about the feminist agendas in them. You, you present the K-dramas. Okay. Okay. I'll talk about my feelings. That's kind of all this, all I bring to the podcast is just how I feel about a show. And then you can bring the knowledge and the deep cuts. <laughs> I literally know nothing. I just have feelings about women kicking ass. <laughs> We're back at square one. This show is all about our feelings. Welcome to Play on K. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. If you have feelings about good casting, let us know what they are. You can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we also are, we have our website where you can find some links as well. But on our website, you can find all of our episodes, a link to our Patreon, um, and you can sign up for our newsletter. So there's a lot going on over there. Come check it out. It's playonk.com. 
if you want to go directly to our Patreon to support us, we would love you forever and we need all the support that we can get because we base our entire self-worth on other people telling us we're worthwhile. So that's like, that's a thing we can work on on our own. But <laughs> if if you want to uh, support us, we are at patreon.com slash play on K and you can find blog posts on shows that we don't talk about on the podcast. You can find links to watch parties where we can watch shows together and you can get early access to all of our episodes. Yeah, we have um, a Twitter and an Instagram. We're on social media in a couple of places. On Instagram, we are at Play on K Podcast. We've been having a bunch of fun posting new things over there. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, Emily does a lot of work on the images. We had some help initially, but Em is keeping up with that beautiful, beautiful uh, theme. Is that what we call it? Aesthetic. Aesthetic. Yeah, I'm loving it. And we're having a lot of fun Thank over you. there. And come check that out or hit us up on Twitter. We're just at Play on K there. And we love to hear from you. We love DMs. We love tweets. We love, I mean, Em actually does most of, of the responding on Twitter as well. I suck at Twitter, but like, who's to say who you're going to get if you check us out on Instagram? Could be either of us. Could be either of us. But hit us up. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. We are also on so many streaming platforms such as iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, and Spotify. And if you find us on one of those, especially iTunes and Stitcher, and leave us a rating and review, we would love you so much forever. We need those. Yes. Sometimes it's legitimately hard to find our show on Stitcher. It's because we don't have enough reviews. Yeah, we need a couple more. If you could just pop over... Tell us what you think and rate us. We would love you for it. We'd love you for it. It would help us get found by other K-drama lovers. Yeah. Uh, thank you, as always, to James Paul Hevel and Scoo2DM for our theme song. We love it and we love you. We love it and we love you. And we love all of you for listening. Thank you so much. And join us next week for episodes 9 through 12 of Good Casting. <laughs> Okay, bye. Okay, bye.